Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues or source of life. I want to talk to you about that today and show you how do we do that. How do we keep our hearts, how do we protect our hearts with all, not just some, with all diligence? Because out of the heart are the source of life. And thank you for being with me today. Thank you for being my wonderful family and partners. I pray the Lord would use this teaching to really bless you and give you an awesome week. And blessed Jesus, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Bless your wonderful people today. Lord, today, let this be a blessed day for them and a blessed week in the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen, Amen. Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. If you want your heart physically to remain healthy and strong, you, have, you must eat good food and you have to exercise. You have to stay active. The same in the spirit. Uh, Peter calls the heart, uh, he says, the hidden man of the heart, the hidden man of the heart in 1 Peter 3, 4. And I said something yesterday, I want to say again. That which controls our hearts will create within us the character that God wants and the character for all that we do in life. So when the word is in our hearts, then we have the right character and we will please God. And then everything we do will come out of that holy character. But what if, if it's something evil and worldly, well, then it's the opposite. So we have to watch what controls our hearts because that will literally give us our character and what we do. And when it comes to the Christian life, the Bible tells us very, very clearly to, to shut out, to shut out. Uh, all that opposes the Lord in, in our life. Everything that, op- that opposes God, we have to keep away from us. In 1 John 5, 21, it says, little children, keep yourselves from idols and idolatry. And Paul in 1 Corinthians six twelve says, all things are lawful, but, but not everything is expedient or helpful. He said, I will not bring my life under the, the control of anything that will not help me and affect me wrong. That's in 1 Corinthians six twelve, and we dealt with that yesterday. If you missed yesterday, please go and see it again. Now, let's say you take an, an object and place it over your eyes, just a small object like, like this napkin. You put it over your eyes. What does it do? It blocks the light from coming where you can't see the light. Well, it's the same in the spirit. If we allow something wrong, something worldly, whatever object in front of our eyes, the light of God will stop shining. We will not see the light of God. So David said something very, very important. He said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. And this is, I believe, how we begin. We begin by protecting our hearts, protecting our hearts. This is our duty. You know, God Almighty gave us a blessed new heart, a heart of the spirit. He he said, I'm going to take the old heart out and give you a new heart. The new heart must be protected, must be kept. We can't ignore it. You know, we all know from Jeremiah 17, verse 9, which I shared, yeah, which I shared with you yesterday, that the heart is, de- is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. But that's the old heart. So Jeremiah 17, 9 talks about the old heart. 
But in Ezekiel 36, 20, 26, God says, I will give you a new heart, a heart of flesh. I'm going to take the heart of stone out and give you a heart of flesh. But we still have to protect and keep the new heart. God does not want us to keep the old heart. He took it out. It's gone. We don't have to do anything with the old heart. It's gone. That old nature, you know, he, he took care of it. But the new heart, we keep it. We keep it. And the first thing we do is we obey what Psalm 101 verse 3 says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. In other words, if we allow people near us who are walking away from God, this is what happens. The light of God will, will, will quit shining. We won't see it. So allowing the wrong people, you're doing this. Because he says, I'll set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It will not cleave to me. I'm not going to let anyone stay near me who's not living for the Lord a holy life. Otherwise, blocks the light. And then he says, a forward heart or a perverse heart or a wicked heart will depart from me when I will not know a wicked person, he says, because he writes it, he says, a forward heart, a perverse heart, a wicked heart will depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. So by not knowing a wicked person, by not fellowshipping with a wicked person, our hearts are cleansed. Our, our hearts will not become wicked. Remember what, what, what I said yesterday. I've said it many times before. The Bible tells us one person destroys much good just it takes one person one evil person to destroy much good in us let's not allow that to happen so the bible is very clear on how to do it and i want to share with you let's go to where we left off yesterday in luke all right now jesus told us in luke chapter 8 he said be careful how you listen you know david said that God desires truth in the inward heart, in the inward man, in the inward God desires truth. That's in Psalm 51, which I shared yesterday. But Jesus said in Luke 8, 18, he says, take heed how, therefore, how you hear. So God wants the truth to come into our hearts and stay. But what are, we, what are we listening to? Are we really listening to the truth of God's word when someone is preaching? I'm going to say something I've said before, I'll say it again. Whether it's me or anyone else, if I say something and the Bible says something different, the Bible is always right and I'm wrong. If someone says something and the Bible says something different, the Bible is always right and they are wrong. We receive the truth of God's word from the scriptures, not what someone tells us he thinks that the scriptures teach. No, we receive it from the Holy Word of God, ourselves. It says, find the truth, keep it. Live in present truth, Peter also wrote. Peter, you know, uh, said to us. But here we read, well, the Lord says, take heed how you hear. Because whoever has, to him shall be given. And whoever doesn't ask from him shall be taken away, even that which he seems to have meaning. We can lose everything if we're hearing it wrong. We can lose everything if we're hearing it wrong. We hear it right from the scriptures. We hear it wrong when someone tells us what they think the scriptures are teaching or their own opinion. 
So we must be careful. We must be careful. I, I want to share again one more time because I didn't spend much time on it yesterday. In 1 Peter 1 and verse 22, how do you keep your heart purified? He says, seeing you have purified your soul or heart in obeying the truth through the Spirit. By obeying the truth, and the Holy Spirit is the only one who helps us obey the, the truth, then things will be okay. Now, let's go back, let's go back to Luke 8 again, and let's talk about the seed and the different grounds it falls on. So the Lord here is talking about a sower who went out to sow, and some seed fell on the wayside, and the birds came and stole it, took it away. Some fell on grounds that had no depth, and uh, because of no depth, it didn't go nowhere, it died. And then some fell among uh, thorns and so on, it choked it, but some, some fell on good ground. And they said, Lord, help us understand this. They said, well, the seed is the word. And he said, there's a group where they hear the word, and then the devil steals it from their heart before he even gets in there. The second group, they receive it with joy. But because there's no depth, when temptations come, they fall away. Then you have the third group. They receive it. They go on living the life of a Christian. And then thorns start coming up and choking it, which are the cares and pleasures of this life. But finally, that good ground. The person with an honest and good heart this is the key. A pure heart will keep that blessed word. Hallelujah. So he says, they on the good ground, verse 15 of Luke 8, are they which with an honest and good heart, or a noble, the word honest means noble, like a good heart, a noble and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Now, I don't know of any individual who can receive the word properly if they're proud, if they're arrogant. God is looking for individuals with a contrite heart. The Bible tells us something so beautiful in Isaiah 57. I'm going to read verse 15. Watch what it says. This is really powerful. Thus saith the high and lofty one that that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. Uh, Humble spirit. They're the ones that can receive the word. The others can't. To revive the spirit of the humble. To revive the heart of the contrite ones. You know, that word contrite, you know, doesn't mean someone is always crying and pleading for help. It means someone who's humble, who's not proud, who's not arrogant, who doesn't believe in himself. He believes in God. He trusts God, not himself. Do you, do you remember uh, King Uzziah? This is a very amazing story in the Bible and a very important one to pay attention to. I preached on that many times back when I was young. I preached on this a lot because here's Uzziah who began good. At the age of 16, he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord in verse 4. So he was okay. He started right. 
And he was even a man of prayer. It says he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding of the visions of God. As long as he saw the Lord, God made him to prosper. And he was so blessed that it 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 says he warred, and and uh, you know against the Philistines, and he won battles, and God helped him in verse seven against the Philistines, against the Arabians, and so on. So much so that the Ammonites brought him gifts, and he was famous in even in Egypt. He built towers in Jerusalem and fortified the wall of Jerusalem. And then he he was so prosperous that he had farms everywhere because he loved farming. And then he had a, a host of fighting men that went out to fight and so forth and so on. And it says that he made engines by cunning men in verse 15 that the Romans used later. But watch verse 16, a very sad verse. But when he was strong, that's when he became arrogant. His heart was lifted up to his destruction. You see how a good man can turn bad? He started good, humble, prayer man, loved God. You know, he did right, walked right. But when his heart was strong, when he became arrogant, and this is the opposite of a contrite heart. A contrite heart is a humble heart. That's always trusting in God, always looking to the Lord, not to self. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. He transgressed against the Lord. He sinned against the Lord. He went into the temple, wanted to be a priest when God never called him to be a priest. He became arrogant. We know a lot of people like that. And you know why? I'll tell you why. Psalm 62.10 gives us the answer. And this is what will happen to this king. It says, trust not in oppression. Psalm 62.10. Become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, don't set your heart on them. Wow. That's what happened to Uzziah. He got so rich. He got so blessed. He became arrogant. When riches increase, do not set your heart on them. What ruins a lot of good hearts? Many. The love of many has destroyed many. They brought ruin to their own lives. Trust not in oppression. Don't become vain in robbery. It says, do not vainly hope. (laughs) Do not vainly hope. If riches increase, don't set your heart on them. And that's what happened to King Uzziah. He, he began right and ended wrong. So if, if, if you and I want to be safe, let's look at Proverbs. You know, I pray this is really speaking to somebody. Proverbs 23 and verse 26. Look what it says. My son, give me your heart. My son, give me thine heart. And let thine eyes observe my ways. We cannot observe the ways of the Lord if our hearts are not his. We cannot observe the ways of the Lord if our hearts are not his. When 
whatever controls our heart builds character in us, good or bad. See? So when we give God our heart, then we're able to observe his ways. And I think it's time we, we give God our, our hearts and keep our hearts in his care rather than our care. And when Uzziah began, right? He, he began trusting God, looking to God, calling on God. As long as he saw the Lord, God made him to prosper. But when he was strong, wham, he's gone. Heart was lifted up to his destruction. He didn't do this. He, he, he did not keep giving, keep giving his heart to God. Remember what I said yesterday is like a boat. You know, we went on a boat one time fishing here in Florida. And when we were leaving the harbor, we, we all heard like something crack underneath and we didn't know what it was. Now we're 40 miles out and I began demanding we all go back. I felt it. I knew it. We were in danger. My brothers were on the boat and the man that owned it was a dear man from New York. And then he kind of got the message. He said, if Benny wants to go back this bad, let's go bad. Let's, let's go back. Everybody's mad at me. All my brothers saying, yeah, come on, Benny, you know, you're ruining our day. We came to fish and now you want to go back. We got back to shore. We got back to the harbor. An hour later, that boat was under, gone under, under, un, you know, under the water. And the man called me, the owner said, how did you know? He said, he said, listen, had we stayed out there, we would have all drowned and, and, and killed. We, and we had no life vest, okay? God saved our life that day. And I knew it in my heart, get back now. The Christian life, our boat has a crack in it. Our life has a crack in it. We all have weaknesses. And, and, and that water wants to get back in. And we have to have a bucket, keeping that thing afloat, keeping that water out. Life is like that. The life we live, the Christian life that we are living, because we are flawed, we're all flawed. We're not in heaven yet. We don't have a brand new body yet. We're still living on this, on, on, on this earth with all the pressures that come at us from every side. There's a leak in your boat. There's a leak in my boat. What do we do? Get that bucket and get that water out. Keep that boat floating by keeping your heart pure. Because see, all that poison, all that dirt is trying to come back into our lives, just like that water was coming into that boat years ago, okay? So we have to get it out, clean it, get, keep cleaning our vessel, keep cleaning our boat so we can keep floating and then we sail into heaven. But it's a lifelong thing. It's not going to stop till our life stops. It's, yeah, yeah, it's hard. We, keeping our heart with all diligence means all diligence. Mean you don't stop, okay? And what did Jesus say? Well, let's look at Luke. Luke chapter 6. I hope you're enjoying this, precious people of God. I hope you share this with your friends. We need it. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Our heart is the warehouse. Our mouth is the shop. <laughs> Our heart is the warehouse and our mouth is the shop where people come by. They're hearing what, what we are saying and they want it or they maybe not want it. But listen to me, I'm telling you, keep that warehouse full of good things. Keep that warehouse with the treasure of God's word, not the treasure of the world. And Jesus said it. So 
The work of keeping the heart, like I said, it's, it's a constant one because it will not be done until life is done. There's a very powerful portion in the Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 6. Now listen, before I read this to you, I want you to, you know, just hear me out. A lot of us are busy in somebody else's vineyard, and we're not keeping our own vineyard. We're trying to take care of ministry and business, but not our hearts. We spend more time making sure our business is safe than our hearts are safe. We make sure somebody else's vineyard is safe and not ours. Look what it says here. Let me read the whole verse. Look not upon me because I'm black, because the sun hath, hath looked upon me. My mother's children were angry with me. They may be the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard have I not kept. Wow, isn't that powerful? They made me the keeper of the vineyards, uh, but my own vineyards have I not kept. Uh. A lot of us are keeping other people's vineyards or we're keeping other vineyards like business or other things or we we're spending more time on helping other people fix their own mess and we ignore our own hearts. That's dangerous. Your number one duty as a Christian is your own heart. That's it. It's your own heart that you keep. And then everything else comes after that and you're okay. But your heart is number one. Because out of it comes life. Let's not lose it all by being distracted. Look at Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Look at verse 30 and 31. Look what it says. Wow. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom. His tongue talketh of judgment or justice. Why? The law of his God is in his heart, none of his steps shall slide. The law of God is in that person's heart. None of his steps will slide. If you and I want to stay safe, here's the answer. Let's keep the law of God in our heart and our steps will not slide. Blessed be the name of Jesus, Forever and forever and forever. Remember what I said about the boat, right? We all have a leak in it. Let's keep that bucket. Get it out of there. Get that water, get that pollution out of our hearts and life. We keep it with all diligence. Out of it are the issues of life. And as long as the word of God is in our hearts, then we're able to do that job. Because through the word, that's the instrument we have. When the word is in us, we're able to clean all the impurities out, get them all out. And then we stay safe and clean. And none of our steps will slide. Blessed Jesus, oh Lord. I shared this word today with your people, Lord. Knowing how important it is that we obey this. To keep our hearts with all diligence. Help us keep our hearts with all diligence, Lord, for you, for your glory, for your honor. You're able to keep us from falling and present us before your throne without blame, with joy, without blame, with joy. 
You are God Almighty, only wise. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Savior, that you're going to do this for all of us. To you be all the praise. And God's people said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Well, thank you for being with me today. And let's do what God's Word says. Let's keep the love of God in our hearts all the time, every day that we may have what it takes to live a holy, clean life and keep the poison of the world out. I'm going to ask you right now, before I say goodbye to you, to give to the Lord's work. I have been in ministry 48 years. I've had many difficult moments when it comes to finances in, in, in time past, and still do to this day. But I've learned my lesson. I've learned there's power in the seed. I'm talking to someone today who's going through something really tough financially. I know I'm talking to them. I just sense it in my heart, but, but I know there's, there's people who need this because we struggle with that all the time, all of us. There is incredible power when we sow seed. God has put power in a seed. And it's not going to come forth till we sow that seed. I have faced probably more challenges financially that you, than you have. There were times I didn't know where, where the money would come from and how I would do it. But God came through for me every single time when I gave. And sometimes it was really difficult to obey. You know, we all love the Lord. We all love his word. And the Bible says if we love the Lord, he'll bless us financially. If we love his word, he'll bless us financially. But it says if they obey, once they obey, the harvest comes with obedience. That's why Paul the apostle had to write to the church in Corinth because he had to remind them, listen, you promised to give, now it's time to give. In 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, he wrote two chapters to the church to say, Look, it's important you sow seed. And if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. He was trying to teach them there's power in the seed. Now, I want to remind you, there's incredible power in the seed. So when I take my money to the store, I exchange it for something I want to buy. But when I give it to God, it becomes seed. It's not seed when I go to the store. It's just money. But when I give it to God, that money turns into seed, which means it never leaves my life. It goes into my future. See, money, when we go to the, to the store, we, we buy something, it leaves us, and we exchange it for something else, and we have to go back and buy more. But when we give God that, that money, it, by a miracle, it turns into a seed. It goes into our tomorrow. It goes into our future. And now we plant it in good ground. And God does the rest. And now we receive the results. We receive the harvest. There's no harvest when you go to the store. You're simply exchanging things, you know, dollar for dollar, whatever the thing costs. But with God, he multiplies it. With God, he multiplies it. You give it to God, he blesses it. Some 30, some 60, some 100. He blesses it and gives it back to you. If you want a harvest, there's only one way I know to get it. Only one way. Sowing seed with faith and expectation. Sowing seed with expectant 
faith, with an expectant heart, God will, will reward you. So do it today. If you're facing a struggle, there's only one way out. You pray and then you obey. You pray and then you obey. So Lord, I need a miracle. I have a problem. I need a car. I need a house. I need a job. I need more money to pay my bills. And then you obey with a seed. And when you do that, the harvest always follows. Always follows. Because that's God's promise. That's God's word. There's power in that seed in your hand. So don't eat your seed. Sow your seed. Right now. You can do it on the platform. You're watching me on. You can go to our website, benin.org. Or you can simply text BHM45777. And make sure to share these teachings I brought yesterday and today with your friends because we need to keep our hearts with all diligence. Okay, thank you for sowing. Thank you for loving. Thank you for giving. And thank you for praying. And I'll see you tomorrow for another powerful teaching. You're going to love it. You're going to love tomorrow, I promise you. Bye-bye.